0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural kickoff episode of One Left with Adam Robinson and J.J. Keller, just a couple of dudes who met on Twitter during the 2016 election that no doubt any of us will ever forget. So thank you for joining us on the first episode of One Left. We hope to make this a nice series that, that runs through the 28, uh, 2018 midterms and maybe beyond, and... Uh, we're going to start off today by first getting to know myself and JJ. We're then going to get into why we came together and decided to do a bo- podcast called One Left and just kind of finalize it with our general thoughts of what's the state of the Democratic Party and the left movement uh, as we see it and just some general politics. And, you know, we hope each week that we can kind of discuss maybe is going on in politics on the left during that week. Maybe have some guests that we've come across that have similar ideas or even different ideas to help strengthen the uh, Democratic Party or the left movement. And we hope that you enjoy this podcast. And if you have any comments or questions, let us know, and we'll be happy to answer them. So first things first, who are you, JJ, and uh, where do you come from?
1: Uh, Yes, my name is JJ Keller. I live in the Seattle area. I'm in college right now studying uh, education. I'll be able to teach uh, history, social studies, and special ed. Um, I like sports a lot. I'm a big Mariners fan. Um, Other than that, you know, politics is is really important to me as well, and it's something that I talk about a lot, and, uh, you know, I'm kind kind of wanting a, a different medium to talk about it on rather than just Twitter, where you know, nuance and real dis- discussion just kind of goes to die. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do this. And, um, you know, I think maybe long term, I could see myself getting into politics myself, even if it's, you know, just kind of in the background or something. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, so
0: uh, you're in school right now. And you're Fairly uh, young in retrospect mm-hmm. to some other folks, but it seems like the left has got a really great, strong, young base of uh, progressivism, uh, some centrists, but folks who are really interested in the Democratic Party, and I think that's fantastic.
1: So in, in being young, what what drew you to uh, kind of the left versus the right? Um, I mean, I'm sure part of it was just my parents both being pretty liberal, mm-hmm. Um you know, that's just kind of how I was raised. I wasn't raised, you know, in a, in a, you know, conservative house or religious house or anything like that. Um, so that was probably, you know, kind of the, the start of it. Um, you know, some might call that indoctrination, but, you know, I think, you know, that's just how I was raised. And I, I, I imagine that I probably would have kind of drifted this way, even if, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, kind of raised as a Democrat from a young age. Um, you know, I just, I think that, I, I definitely feel that you know uh, equality is something we need to strive for, and is not something we've achieved as much as we might want to tell ourselves we have. Um, you know, equality of opportunity, or or whatever you want to call it, you know, racial or, or social or you know, economic, anything like that. So, I think that's something that you know, some on the farther left may argue that the Democrats haven't done enough either, and I can see that argument. But it's still, you know, the left as a whole, I think does a better job of that than than the right and so that's kind of why i tend to to fall on that side yeah you know and does it
0: so we hear a lot of uh, you know about echo chambers and um uh the inability to kind of reach out for some uh on on the left and the right and you live in seattle would you say that's a, a liberal bastion maybe describe a little bit about your your
1: town and your area yeah, I mean, I live in in kind of a, a smaller suburb, you know, maybe 20 minutes north of Seattle, um, but it's it's a, I'd say a fairly liberal area. Seattle is definitely a, a pretty liberal area, um, you know. There's there's of course you know Republicans and, and conservatives and stuff as well, but generally it's it's I think it's relatively liberal, especially you know a lot of parts of Seattle. But Washington as a whole, obviously Washington, you know, almost always goes to the Democrat, but if you look at the map, like you like with most places, there's a lot of red too. It's just that, you know, the red is kind of the eastern part and there's you know, the population isn't as dense as compared to King County, which is where Seattle is, there's you know, that's where most of the population is and that tends to be pretty liberal and that's about where I am too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well I speak I speak about geograph geography, you know, as kind of a bridge to to who I am and you know, unlike Uh, JJ, who might have a more of a liberal state. I come from a very ruby red, more conservative state known as Texas. And uh, so it's interesting, right? And I also come from the business world, uh, a little bit older than JJ, Uh, definitely don't look older than JJ. We're some (laughs) young, fine looking gentlemen. And if you go on Twitter, you can see our beautiful faces. Make sure you follow uh, our boy JJ at KJ underscore Jeller. And uh, myself uh, at Tweets by A-Rob. You're sure to see some entertaining tweets. We are very witty. But uh, that's actually where we met uh, probably about a year ago, if not longer now, where mm-hmm. uh, I think early on, JJ, uh, you were more of a, a Bernie Sanders supporter. And I was actually a Bernie Sanders supporter Back in 2015, myself, or I was, I was interested in Bernie Sanders. I, I donated. I got a Bernie Sanders bumper sticker. I don't put it on my car because I'm not that kind of person. But I uh, got it here in my office. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but you know, I, uh, I was more of a Hillary, Hillary fan uh, pretty quickly. And you know, I've, I've known a lot about the Clintons for a long time myself. So. Uh, you know, J.J. J- J and I came uh, as two members of the Democratic Party on the left, who I was a little more central, still am, and, and he was a little more left, probably in the middle between the, the far left and the centrists. Uh, but, uh, you know, that definitely get on Twitter. It's a great place to meet folks. And, and so, you know, J.J.'s all the way out in Washington. I'm, you know, here in Texas. And so a little, little bit about me, uh, I am uh, – You know, mid-30s, I came from uh, Oklahoma, another ruby red state, and my grandfather, uh, the way I got involved kind of as a Democrat, I suppose, uh, is my grandfather was a working class Democrat. He was a a railroad conductor, actually, so he worked for a railroad for 30 30 years and uh, wore overalls every single day, definitely blue collar. I uh, really loved uh, Oklahoma football, um, which was ironic since I ended up going to the University of Texas, Longhorns, a uh, bit rivals and uh, go Longhorns, hook them. And, You know, one of the biggest things that I was involved in politics pretty early on. I remember watching the debate between Michael Dukakis and George H.W. in 1987 as a five-year-old. And I was subscribed to Time Magazine from the age of five to 18 and read it every single week along with Sports Illustrated. So I was obsessed with Michael Jordan, as I think a lot of kids my age were at that time, and obsessed with politics and um a little guy named Bill Clinton came around 1992 and my family was smitten and uh, we loved Bill Clinton, seemed like one of us. My mom was from Arkansas and, uh, you know, we've I, I really liked Hillary Clinton and her work uh, early on for children and some of the successes that she had. And so I remember the days, uh, JJ, that uh, we weren't always as friendly as we are today, but uh, we had some heated debates and I, and I think... Uh, that's one of the reasons that we're here today and you know in texas um when it it comes to politics you know especially i'm a small business owner it's hard to come across uh liberals or democrats still who are business owners and uh you know are free to challenge a lot of the the people i work with are republicans and um You know, I understand where they're coming from as a business owner. Nobody wants to pay more taxes than they have to. You are always looking for deductions. No one wants to have to pay anybody's free lunch. But, uh, you know, the reality is I could never, ever be a Republican. And the reason why is because I guess I have a heart. At the end of the day, no matter how much money I make as a business owner, uh, if there's not anybody around me to enjoy it who's in good health and happy spirits, why does it all matter? Uh, I'm a big believer in you know a rising tide lifts all boats and i find often you know some irony involved when jj watt of the houston texans is raising 10 million dollars in the state of ruby red state of texas or houston's independent school district announced today or uh, that they're going to give free three meals for a whole year for every kid in the, in their school district that's kind of a form of socialism right and and so for me I don't think the Democrats want to be socialist, per se, but we just want to make sure that everybody has the ability to succeed and that they have a framework in life, whether it's based on a good education and allowing for strong uh, investment in that by the government to support it. And it's so vital, whether it's for health care, which the Democrats want to make sure that more people get health care. Health care to us is not a capitalist market. I don't think it is a place for people to get better, and it's not a place for people to profit. And I think those core things are the reason that I'm more on the left. Um, and but I think as a business owner, I draw towards more towards the center because I do believe in hard work and personal accountability and the rule of law. But I also believe that those things have an arc and they can bend towards justice. And that's what Martin Luther King said, right? That the long arch of justice will you know it's a long arc and and it may not seem like we're being just just as uh uh, you know as justified as we can to people today but i'm going to do everything i can to battle that i'd give away all of my money because it's just a number how much money you make to make somebody else's life better and here's a here's a cool key fact about me um just to round out who i am and then we'll get into kind of our perspectives on on what one left means and and what we're trying to do further with the podcast is that, you know, when I started out at 24 years old, uh, I didn't come from a rich family. I came from a working class family who loved loved me, but they didn't show me how to succeed per se. And I was kind of on my own after college. Um, and I didn't get bitter, but I had to go on, you know, things like WIC and welfare. I had to do that at 24 years old. And I don't think my family could have made it if we didn't have those things. We weren't taking advantage of it. We were doing the best we could, but the government gave us a framework to succeed. And we were able to lift ourselves up by our bootstraps, dig in, and today I'm a very successful business owner who gives back and hires people and gives back to the economy and pays taxes. So, you know, I guess I'm jaded in a way from that personal story that, you know, how dare anybody judge anyone else? and that's why I can never be a Republican and always will be on the left. So that's a little bit about us. I hope you guys got to know us a little bit better. Follow us on Twitter. Give us another follow. It makes us feel important. But uh, JJ um, kind of really pioneered this whole podcast idea. And like he said, I think he wanted to just uh, go beyond Twitter and the constraints of that. And so JJ, why do you? Why did you start? Why did you want to do something like this? What does One Left mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, like I said earlier, I've I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while just because I think it's it's just a better way to communicate um and you know, I think there's there's really a div- obviously there's a, a divide in American politics between the left and the right. Everyone knows that, but there's also I think a growing divide between kind of the Sanders wing and the Hillary wing on the left and you know, healthy debate is good and it's how we improve, but I think a lot of the time the debate isn't healthy. It's people looking to score internet points and not really looking to, you know, learn or improve or, you know, come together and win elections. Um, so for me, one left is is trying to focus on, you know, it doesn't mean we have to always agree. It doesn't mean we have to, you know, drop what we believe in just so we can, you know, be one party or anything like that. But you know, as you talked about, we've had plenty of differences differences in the past, but ultimately I think we agree on more than we disagree on. And that's something that I don't think is talked about enough. And I think if we start with that, it's easier to kind of see where those differences are and kind of, and try to, you know, alleviate them and kind of come together rather than starting out with, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. And then there's just nowhere to go from there. Um, And as you said, personally, I, I, Kind of find myself falling in between the the far left and and kind of the moderate part of the party i think uh, politically in terms of my policy preference i i tend to fall more towards kind of the bernie wing i was a big supporter of him um but i know i see some problems with that part of the party as well um you know so i i i also kind of identify in some ways with the more establishment democrat party i think one of the problems is that you know I think both parts of the party have issues but neither side wants to admit that they have issues and they just want to blame the other part of it so I think you know if people you know realize that that this is kind of a team effort and that we have you know we all have things we can improve on and you know admit our our problems and, and try to actually fix them we can come together and again we don't have to agree on everything we don't have to all be you know just just drop our principles and, and just do whatever, you know, whatever we want or whatever the kind of the, the powers that be, you know, want us to, to do, we can still have our convictions. But ultimately, you know, when, when someone, when a Bernie supporter says that, you know, Hillary is, is just as bad as Trump, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, I have plenty of issues with Hillary Clinton, but I don't see any how that makes any sense. If you are progressive that. You know, for the last eight months or whatever, people were terrified that they are going to lose their health insurance because, you know, if, if the Republicans managed to pass something, Trump would have signed it. Well, if if we had Hillary, the Republicans in the in Congress could do whatever they want. Hillary would have vetoed it. So yep. that's just one example of, of how right there she's not anywhere nearly – anyone near as bad as him and not to mention, you know, just the, the incompetence and, and the racism that we've seen. So – You know, but then at the same time, I think the the establishment needs to do a better job of listening to the left and and kind of bringing them in and, you know, being more of a party for the people and embracing things like single payer, which, um, you know, I was happy to see that Kamala Harris, uh, I think yesterday said that she's going to co-sponsor Bernie Sanders bill. Um, And obviously it's not going to go anywhere with, with the Republican Congress, but you know, I, I think this is a good time for for the Dems to to kind of say that this is the direction we want to go, and and you know that's that's one way we can start to come together and see that you know we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. So.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, and I think you hit a really key point there. And uh, you know, addressing kind of the the two factions of the left party, and and I think you're right. It's a matter of semantics. It's not a matter of intention or a matter of ultimate desired outcomes. I think we both. On on the far left and more more of the central side And everybody in between Including J.J. and his uh, Center left left side of the left party Um, That's what I'm going to call it now The left center left (laughs) You're the left center left Because you have like pillows of left Anyway Uh, But you know at the end of the day uh, uh, It's all about listening you know, and I think when I, in my business, you know, I do a lot of digital marketing stuff and it's very objective. I mean, not objective, sorry, subjective. It's open and right for opinion. And as the arbiter of uh, the desired outcomes, one of the first things that I do, the the key thing is to work with the stakeholders and any of the constituents that, are going to be touched by maybe some some content or some marketing efforts and say, and document, what are your desired goals? Okay, they're X, Y, and Z. What are your goals for this specific channel, whether like in healthcare or wages, labor uh, or taxes? And okay, well, here's our overall strategy and messaging in order to go towards those things. And it's an iterative process. Policy is an iterative process. There's rarely been a piece of policy put in place that came out of Washington or any local municipality that was perfect the first time it came out. It was meant to be the, the great experiment that is the American government system, democracy you know, in, in the republic was never meant to be final. Otherwise, why would we have amendments? We'd have the Bill of Rights, we would have been done. um, We'd still have slaves. But we don't. And, you know, for example, in the Democratic Party, we believe the the minimum wage should be increased. We believe that more people should have access to health care, and that it should be affordable. Now, I think you know what was great and why I was attracted to Hillary Clinton is one she was experienced and she kind of was a realist in my opinion in that way. I think ultimately she wanted those things, but she didn't have a great way of communicating that idea of a desired outcome and it pitted a, a number against another number and you're going to lose every time when you get mired down in the semantics of $15 versus 12. And we've got to go what what is that shared outcome? It's increasing the minimum wage. And listen to each other and work with each other to get to step towards that. Because here's the reality, without the first step, you'll never make it to the end. And if all we're doing is talking about where we're going to eat, we're never going to eat because we'll end up falling asleep or dying first. And when JJ gets married, and ultimately, or if maybe he's had a girlfriend who's done this in the past uh, or currently, um, you have a girlfriend, JJ? No. JJ single, everybody. So whoever's (laughs) single. Anyway, uh, you know, there's always that game where you and I think uh, there's a meme about it actually with uh, an actor. Where do you want to eat? And the girl goes, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? And She's looking to you for ideas, and you're like, I don't care, and she'll say – and you'll give her an idea, and she'll say, well, that's not where I want to eat. I'm like, well, why did you ask me? And at the end of the day, nobody gets anywhere, so we just need to listen to each other. We all want to (laughs) eat. We all want good health care. We all want to increase wages. We want a fair and, and strong economy but we want to be people who take care of others and humans and put people back and people first. So to me, One Left is about focusing on the big picture. And I think you're right. Kamala Harris kind of backing and supporting Bernie Sanders is a great move towards that overall, hey, I may feel this way on certain things. She's more of a centrist, but I'm willing and I want to champion you on this issue. So I really hope we see more of that. And for me, you know, that's what one left encapsulates. It's like, let's come together and win. The Republicans did it. I mean, you had, you know, Jason Chavitz say, I don't know how I'm going to look at my daughters in the eye after the Access Hollywood tape come out. But guess what? He stepped in line and his party stepped in line and they won. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And maybe if we had done that, we may have not – you may you may have not wanted Hillary Clinton, but you, at least you didn't have Trump, and and you could at least get towards in progressing that. So left needs to come together. We need to win back the Senate and the House. We need to impe- impeach Donald Trump, and we need to move on with our lives and let this nation heal. So that's what I'm looking forward to when it comes to one left. And so, JJ, we've got about nine or eight minutes here left on this first episode. So let's kind of talk about current events or uh, maybe who – who we like, uh, you know, looking at in 2020. So, um, when it comes to current current events here, uh, what what's a big story as of late that really stands out to you as it as it pertains? Maybe the Kamala thing, maybe something else. Since you already mentioned that,
1: yeah, I think that's that's a big one. Um, I think it was a you know a few weeks ago or a month ago there was some article out about her that kind of caused a a big problem on the left with um, you know, people on the further left criticizing her. And, and I think a lot of it was fair that th- some of the things she's done as, um, as attorney general and, um, you know, she, she didn't prosecute, um, Steve Mnuchin, the, the labor secretary. And then the next year he donated to her, donated to her campaign, which is, you know, a little fishy. Um, yeah. and then, uh, she, she worked against, um, a transgender inmate, um, wanted to get uh, reassignment surgery, and she um, kind of worked against that. I don't have all the details on that, so I don't want to speak too much on it. But you know that that caused some problems, which which again is fair. Um, but then, yeah. uh, you know, then there was people kind of in the center who were saying that those kind of calling uh, the people who were criticizing her just just you know racist or sexist, and and that just you know that's where the discussion ends. You know, maybe oh, yeah. there are some who who you know don't like her because of her her. Sex or her race, that's and that's that's fine. Those people, you know, should be criticized, but criticizing her doesn't automatically, you know, mean that's the reason why. And that's, you know, that's kind of where the conversation dies. And then, you know, there are people on the left who now I think, even though she's come out for this, they've probably already made up their mind. And, you know, that's kind of an issue. I think she has a good chance of being, she's, I think she's certainly going to run in 2020. And I think she might be someone that the Democrats want to to help push and so you know if she if she's the nominee then of course my opinion is we have to to come together and vote for her and you know maybe she's made some some mistakes in the past and she's gonna have to answer those but you know i think uh, i'm gonna vote for whoever the democrat is barring some kind of crazy event where they nominate like i don't know mike pence like leaves and says i'm gonna run as a democrat or some nonsense like that or, but, d- you know, or trump it, <laughs> does right or trump does <laughs> yeah uh, or, or Jim Justice from Virginia says, "Now I'm going to go back to the Democrats again and and run against you know some crazy thing like that." But you know any any you know even if it's a centrist Democrat that I have problems with, I'm I'm you know probably going to vote for them over Trump. And I, I may not push for them in the primary. You know I I think I like Elizabeth Warren a lot. I think she, if she runs, she'd probably be the person I'd push. Um, but you know if, if she doesn't get the nomination, then I'm going to just buckle down and vote for whoever it is. Um, But, you know, I I hope more people come on and and support single payer and we kind of move in that direction. Uh, I think that's one way that we can start kind of bringing the party together. And, you know, again, we're not going to agree on everything just because, you know, suddenly people are on board with single payer. There's other issues as well. But that's one that's that's a big issue for me. And it's something that I think is a no brainer and it's where we're going to end up anyway. So, uh, yeah, that was a big story, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. We're going to end up there anyway. And, you know, it might take 10 to 20 years, but that's the that's that's what progress is about. And America is about progress. You know, I don't know if a lot of people understand that the Republicans of today, 50 years ago, as conservative as Republicans are, and they're not as conservative as they used to be. Democrats, they probably look a lot like Democrats from the 50s, and Democrats today would have been called hippies back in the 50s. So, mm-hmm. uh, or, or very liberal. I don't think they had hippies yet in the 50s. But I think you made a key point with Kamala. I mean, and maybe that was, the, you know, that was the problem with Hillary too. And Voltaire said it best, the French philosopher or author or both, whatever. But, you know, he said, "Perfect is the enemy of good," and by no means was Trump even good. But somehow the Republican Party coalesced around him with that mantra: "Perfect is the enemy of good, and we've got to put him in place, or we'll never get our policies enacted." Here's the deal, folks: we don't get people elected, we don't get to show up to the dance, we don't impact anything. And JJ's right, you know, I'm not saying we need to have a cult-like following. That's not what I'm after. I'm I'm here for discussion. I'll debate with Nina Turner and Simone Sanders, and I'll talk about. You know, stuff with uh, more centrist Democrats all day long, and I'll call them out on their stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to think about the big picture. We've got to give Kamala Harris, if she's going to run, the chance to talk about why she did those things. We've got to give her also and praise her for the things that we agree with, not to tear her down as a person. And this, and, and her defenders can't tear the other people down by having a straw man argument and saying they're racist. That's not going to get anybody anywhere because then mentally you're blocked down from having a real conversation. And here's the deal. I've been married to my wife for 10 years. We haven't always agreed. There's substantive things that I have done or she has done that we're like, oh my Lord, that is a, a mark on your record with us and our marriage. And that's just going to happen. That's people in relationships. But I didn't abandon her. Because I had true love and true belief in her vision and her strategy and who we were as a couple, and I forgive those things. I don't necessarily forget, but I don't let it dictate what I think about her on a day-to-day. So we've got to, you know, get past those things and stop making perfect the enemy of good, because there is no uh, perfection. And just to wrap this up on my thoughts for, you know, who I like for for 2020. Um, you know, Joe Biden's old, but I, I think he could be a good bridge uh, for all of us to ease the pain. Uh, because I do worry about who I really want, and that's the more, you know, Kamala, Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warrens and uh, and those kind of folks. Because I think the the left will eat itself apart, and we kind of need somebody to bridge the gap right now as we get towards more progressive. And he's got a well-known name. He's in fairly good health. He's a bit older, but so was John McCain, and he made it. And, uh, you know, another crazy idea, if if it happens, and the story that I think is interesting but I think is unrealistic is uh, the Kasich-Hickenlooper connection, uh, you know, the Ohio governor, Republican, and then uh, Hickenlooper, the uh, Democratic governor of Colorado. You know, and Kasich's had a long record of uh, bipartisanship. He was a big Big proponent of Clinton's balanced budget and surplus. Uh, he's been a governor of a state, uh, very anti-Trump, makes a lot of good sense, very good social Republican, too. I don't think he wants to kick out immigrants. I don't think he wants to kick out dreamers. I think he's open to climate change discussions. And at the end of the day, he's in, he's up for progressing for the American people. Now, there's certain things I don't agree with uh, per se, but again, I'm, I guess I'm looking for the country to heal. At the end of the day, whether that's a D or an R or whatever, uh, things are tough. We're divided, and it's palpable. When I'm personally and negatively affected on the day-to-day, I have arguments with coworkers about silly things like Seth Rich or whatever. Something's broken. And, you know, CNN, I don't know if a lot of people watch that. I know you and I do, JJ, and people will call us (laughs) sycophant fake newsers, but whatever. Um, If you've been watching CNN lately, like, they are focusing a lot on getting the stories out of these people during Hurricane Harvey. They're helping people get rescued by putting their information out there. They're acting as what I think journalism and news should act like. And that's information for the people to help get it out there to a bigger platform. And you have these people like on their, the daily caller on Twitter or, or whatever, just attacking CNN for doing their job. And it's like, really Is this helping the American people get together? Is this helping you get a job? You know, you're going to sit here and believe the lies of Trump and you're going to call CNN fake news for, like, getting information out there? I mean, come on. So at the end of the day for me, 2020 and 2018 are about healing this country and getting people back who are experts, bringing back expertise to the White House and to government and get the hell out of amateur hour because I'm tired of it yeah so uh anyway I think uh JJ that wraps us for our first episode of one left how'd you think we did
1: pretty good I just want to, one more thing I wanted to say uh, yeah in terms of of you know 2020 and and healing the the country I think we have to find a balance between um you know coming together and healing and and you know doing what we can to to stop Trump and you know if that's a moderate then that's what we have to do and also you know trying to to make those those positive gains and I think that's maybe part of why I like Elizabeth Warren is that I think she maybe has a chance to kind of reach out to some of the more progressives because she has kind of a reputation of, you know, being a little bit more progressive and wanting to go after the banks and things like that. But also she's known, you know, in in the Senate and liked in the Senate. Um, And I think, you know, something I kind of touched on earlier and that you brought up is the, the perfect is the enemy of the good. We have to, you know, there's people who... They have, you know, the argument for kind of extreme change right now is that you know there there are currently people who still don't have healthcare and that still need help and you know the status quo isn't isn't enough for them and that's absolutely a fair point and that we need to help those people. But at the same time, if we, you know, our goal should be to help those people, but you know if in the end we have to you know just maintain or make a small you know move forward, which is you know kind of uh, what happened in 2016 is, you know, we didn't get Bernie like, like many of us wanted, um, you know, and and then those people decided to just not turn out or to vote for Jill Stein or something. And then, you know, now we're, we've moved backwards. And so, you know, I just, I think, you know, the, the big thing I want to tell people is, you know, push for what you want to push for and, and try to move us forward as much as you can. But, you know, if in the end that, you know, end goal is not there, but there is, you know, uh, an, another kind of small jump forward we can make, then take that. Don't, don't you know, have this all or nothing mentality that we have to get exactly what we want or we have to, to just, you know, quit or or say that, you know, that Hillary is, is the same as Trump or anything like that. You know, we have to push for, for the big jump forward and, and what we really want. And if that's not there, you know, take, take the small step forward and, and do what we can to, you know, help as many people as we can and help bring the country together.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I hope that's what One Left continues to to preach and we put forward each week. And uh,
1: any idea, JJ, is this available? Where where can people find this bad boy? Uh, I think we're going to go with iTunes for sure. Uh, and we'll play around with, with other places we can put it. Um, I think iTunes is probably the biggest one. I think most people have that, but we'll look into to other options as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and for now follow us individually on uh, Twitter, JJ at KJ underscore Jeller, me at Tweets by A Rob, and uh, maybe if this thing grows and we get people to listen to it, uh, then then we'll create a one left Twitter and other social media, and we'll do that. If not, JJ and I will listen to it each week by ourselves, and it'll be cool. Too. <laughs> Anything else, JJ, or uh, what, what do you think? I think that's good. All right, well thanks everybody. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.